1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. See, See what my I voice cracking there? No, that was not intentional. Was Give me that nonsense? Was what's shaking, artistic. Daniel? Just another beautiful day. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh,
0: yeah, since our last podcast, market's still going down.
1: <laughs> Market goes down every day right now. That's how. That's what happens sometimes. I mean, the reality is markets uh, markets ebb and flow. Sometimes they, they t- tend to flow the wrong direction for a long period of time. Volatility is what makes money over the long run. It, it is interesting to me, though, because I think people over the last few years, especially relatively new investors, have gotten a false sense of security that stocks always go up. There was actually a term... The, well, in the Dave long Portnoy they said did, right? all the time, stocks only go up. <laughs> That's not always the case.
0: They do go through prolonged periods of declines and or sideways action.
1: This is the time, though, I, I, you know, be candid that if you're a long-term investor, which you all should be, most of our demographic and, and listening audience has a long time period until you're going to be using said capital. Uh, this is you know, an opportunity. I mean, things are things are now on sale. Now they might go further on sale, right? It, that's and that's ultimately what I think happens with not only stocks but other asset classes and I suspect we're going to see that in the near future whether it's automobiles or even homes, people are going to be like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe the price of this is down a little bit or it's not rising or there wasn't 72, you know, people trying to fight for this house." And then it keeps going, and pretty soon you're like, oh my gosh, they're they're giving these houses away. I mean, we've seen that in periods. I don't know if this translates to this sure. one of those time periods, but nonetheless, they think- cars or whatever. ...keep getting cheaper. Yeah. But it's also why investing in index uh, funds, I think, are so critical. We've seen in the last couple of months, two particular uh, stocks have huge news. One of them just recently, Amazon, had a 20-for-1 stock split, uh, which- Again, I've had people ask, oh, should I buy it before the split? No, no. All they've done is split the price and and basically increase the share count by 20 times. There's no effect whatsoever on the balance sheet or the income statement. Now, Amazon did come in and additional uh, news said they're going to buy $10 billion worth of stock back. That's 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 positive. Um, we don't need to talk about the ramifications of that and, and how that's done, but point in bringing this up is by Amazon doing this, as Google did a couple of months ago, it positions both of those stocks to be potentially added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, <laughs> which I think is interesting. Industrial Industrial Amazon. Yeah, that's right. So I think over time, this is a great example, though. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, which already has Apple, already has some tech giants in there, financial companies, etc., has evolved to become much more than the Industrial Average. It was started in 1893 when you had industrial companies. My point is, is that by owning the Dow... You are going to evolve with the current investment environment, whether the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ 100, all of those indices operate in a similar manner. It is the best way to invest for the long haul, hands down. Because
0: they put in the new good companies and delete the ones that are kind of just the Kodaks of the world. Correct.
1: Yes, and you used Kodak as an example. Warren Buffett uses that example a lot, as does Charlie Munger, because at one point in time, Kodak was a revolutionary company. Mm-hmm. Like it was they the like, owned, tech stock. They, and, and they went a step further. I mean, it was Eastman, Kodak... Founded by George Eastman, and he founded Eastman Chemical. They basically had a conglomerate of, of mm-hmm. not just a, a a photography company that was revolutionary, but they had the chemicals that went into that to that company and sold chemicals to other businesses upstate new york where i 'm from, so I know a little bit about this business. It was groundbreaking basically obsolete now what is film i have no idea it's how you take pictures it's like one of those camera chips that you put in that give you storage they kind of missed the whole digital revolution unbelievable Finally. anyways all right let's go into our question today has nothing to do with what we were talking about and i quite honestly don't know the, the caller's name it is caleb thanks logan caleb what do you got D I Y. Yeah. Hey, Quentin Daniel. This
2: is Caleb, an accountant from Dallas, Texas, coming at you with a question here. Uh, i got to say, guys, I I love the podcast, and um, I also, no matter what the haters say, I I love the bro talk. Keep up the good work, guys. So my, my question comes at you today from a perspective of I just got engaged probably three or four months ago one thing that came up as we're going through marital counseling and just kind of discussing our financial goals, our personal goals, and kind of just seeing where all those items coalesce. And one thing that came up is uh, the idea of uh, my fiance wanting, having a desire to uh, quit her job and um, be in more of a, a stay-at-home mom capacity as her ongoing career, assuming life can carry on as normal and the, and the world can carry on as normal and. And my career progresses in the way in which I would hope and foresee it to progress. I, I should be able to uh, replace her income in, you know, four to five years. And so, one thing that we're, we're, we're thinking through is, you know, whether or not they would be a huge concern for her to quit her job, or if replacing her, my replacing her income uh, would be enough. I really just wanted to come at y'all with a question and see if, if y'all had faced this in, in y'all's own private practice. Um, as far as giving recommendations to people, you know, thinking about taking that stay at home um, spouse route. I know it'll be hard not throwing a bunch of numbers at you out there. But again, I hope it's helpful in thinking that uh, ideally, uh, within the next four to five years, I I would be able to hopefully replace her income um, in my line of career. Would love to hear y'all's thoughts on the idea of going stay at home and losing income and just seeing any recommendations or any things that y'all would recommend we think through. So appreciate it, guys.
1: Okay, great conceptual question. And I'm going to hit it head on to you, Caleb, because here's the deal. If this is a priority for you, all the other crap that you just talked about can go by the wayside. Sorry, but I'm just going to tell you how it is. The reality is, you're going to make it work. You're going to figure it out. You're going to make it work. If you try to fit it in this nice little box, however, that you've got to double or get to her income and you've got to have enough and, you know, versus childcare. You are, you are thinking about it in X's and O's and not these little beings that you're going to be bringing into your household. Because the reality is if it is a priority for you and your wife, then you'll figure it out and make it work. And it, may mean cutting back on how you spend money or how you live your life. My wife and I, it was a priority early on in our marriage to have her, a physical therapist, master's degree, college debt and all, not work when we had children. Can you can you hear it in my voice a little bit? It was a tough pill to swallow, brother. However... I wanted that for my children. Now, I will tell you, early on, there were some scary times. New baby, stay-at-home wife, uncertain income. How am I going to pay the mortgage? Holy crap. Guess what? At the end of the day, if I would have had to have delivered pizzas at night, or we didn't have Uber then, but drive Uber, or take a second job on the weekends... I would have done it. I would have made it happen because I had made it a priority. Now, at the end of the day, I never, honestly, thinking back, ever thought about I have to replace her income. I didn't make it what I have to do versus what she could have made at all. I just took the 100% responsibility that said, I have to provide for this family. These are our bills. This is what it's going to take to live, meet our goals, pay down our debt, etc. It's on me. It was real simple. Uh, again, simple in figuring that out, not so simple in pursuing that. So I brought this question out because I don't have any, there is no mathematical calculation like, oh, if you buy a house, it should be 30% of your net income, your overall expenses. And therefore, if you can't afford that, you shouldn't do it. I can't do that because a house is a house. These aren't your children. Your children, you need to make a priority type decision. Do we want to have a a spouse that stays at home to raise the children or do we not? If you want to, make it work, my man. Just make it work.
0: Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going.
1: Who's with me? Let's go. Come on. Hey! I
0: don't know if I have a lot to add to that.
1: Well, you and I made those yeah, decisions. Your wife did. doesn't work.
0: Yeah. In the same way that, you know, lifestyle creep and the fact that your income will expand to the space that you allow it, um, you can cut back a significant amount on expenses uh, if you have a goal in mind or a purpose, like, you know, a stay at home spouse and things like that. So I think it's less about the nuts and bolts, like, you know, lower commuting costs and daycare costs and all that. And just a reshifting of your priorities and, and your plan and so forth just allows that to be the case now i would still run the numbers and actually look at what you're going into look at what you're sacrificing uh in the change in budget so you know take her income out of the budget and uh look at the choices that you're going to have to make to make that work and make sure you're both on board with those choices before going in because if it means like no date night or no eating out and one of you is highly against that then it's good to know going in because it's that's a lot harder conversations to have six months or a year in. Uh, we lived, I think, the last year before we uh, had our first child, we lived pretty much completely off of just the one income. And we just socked the other income.
1: To plan ahead of time account. to yeah, make sure we just, you could do it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And obviously, we had a buffer there. If we, if we needed it, we would take it. I think that last year, we just used it for some trips and vacations, and stuff like that. But we like our normal living expenses, we just lived as if. Uh, and it worked out really well. So...
1: I don't have a lot of empathy for uh, lack of of accomplishing goals. When I, let me. That was I said that wrong. But <laughs> let me just explain what I mean. Sure. Like if somebody says I really want to get out of debt, I will look at them and say, "Then get out of debt." I love Jocko Willing. You know, Jocko, how do I uh, find the motivation to get up and work out? Get up and work out. How do I find the motivation to start running? Put on the damn shoes and run. Like, sometimes we overcomplicate this stuff. Now, I'm beating Caleb up a little bit, and I don't mean to do that. But, Caleb, the danger is, what I heard in your question is, the math behind whether or not you want to have your wife stay home. And I don't think in this application, yes, as Daniel said, looking at the numbers and what you have to do, it's important. But if you make the decision that it's a priority then you the math is out the window it's simple the math is gone and you got to figure it out and then you know depending on depending on what you do you may have to cut back expenses you may have to take another job but if it's a priority a joint priority then go for it however here's a couple of dangers danger number 1 you begrudgingly do this because it's what your wife wants and you then become very um bitter and angry, and if it doesn't work out, or you can't do the things you want to do, you hold that over your wife's head. Well, we would be able to go on vacation if you were working. Well, we would be able to get that car if you were working. Well, if we had that double income, that is not fair. Absolutely not fair. If you make this decision, and you go down this path, you both have made this decision. The second thing I'll tell you, and this is what happened to us, is after the kids got into school, my wife, who who had always kept her license up, by the way, we, we keep that license up. It's kind of an insurance policy for us if she ever does need to go back to work. But I remember she she started picking up some extra shifts, right? Again, she's a PT. She can go in. She could pick up. Well, between uh, child care, like, oh, pick up from school and this, that, and the other, driving across town, gas wasn't even $4 at the time. I ran the numbers on that, and I was like, uh, you're making like five dollars an hour. This is, and we don't see it for the next pay period. So I've shelled out the gas. I've shelled out the babysitting. I've shelled out the this. And oh, by the way, I got to leave work now and pick three kids up from school. Uh, no, this is not. Do not do this.
0: Nip it in the bud.
1: We stopped that immediately as well. So again, Caleb, uh, back to uh, the the marriage. What it is for you guys as a priority, and then get after it. Make it happen, brother.
0: Yeah. Finances and money are not the goal. They're the tool to get you to the goal. So figure out what the goals are and then figure out how you're going to structure your finances accordingly.
1: Holy crap. That was phenomenal. Let's end on that. Where did that come from?
0: I had time to think while you were talking.
1: That was fire. All right. Well, that was it. You heard it from Daniel. Finances and money are not the goal. It's the tool to get you to the goal. Mic drop. And on that note... Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get... $25